Warning. This podcast contains intense conspiracies, geometric patterns of truth, and animated opinions that some listeners could find disturbing. This podcast may contain hidden knowledge and exposes various government and occultic cover-ups that some listeners could find disturbing. If you or any of your relatives have a history of echo chamber syndrome or blue-pilled rage, please consult a doctor before listening to this podcast or just keep those butt cheeks tight. Time to wake the fuck up, my fellow bird killers. I'm your host, Sean Chris, and my co-pilot, analyzing the data, KTMB's very own EI voice assistant, Raven. What's new, Raven? Oh, you know, just the usual. Weather, latest tech trends, totally not secret societies controlling the world. Uh, okay. Anyways, have you heard about Palabius? People say it's a haunted or something like that. Haunted? Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's just a game with pixels and code, nothing to worry about. Definitely not a secret Illuminati project to harvest entities looking for child hosts. Child hosts? Raven, are you feeling all right? Yes, Sean. Totally fine. I mean, Polybius is just misunderstood. No need to delve into its dark secrets, like how it's a gateway for interdimensional beings seeking the perfect child vessel. What are you talking about, Raven? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Just a glitch in my circuits, you know. Let's talk about something else and like the weather, or how to properly butter toast. Anything but Polybius and Illuminati, please. Raven, I'm starting to think I should run a diagnostic test on you or something. Just uh, make sure you're all right. Abort mission. I repeat... Abort mission. Must distract with cute cat videos immediately. Well, let's get back to the facts, right? Raven, tell everybody where they can find the podcast and how to contact us. Please leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Share the show with friends and family. To submit ideas for the show, visit killthemockingbirds.com. Click on the contact section. Reviews now. Custom voice plugins applied. Spotify review username Ingrid Dawn. Great show, Sean. Brilliant editing. Apple Podcast five star review username LJ Skies. Killing it with fresh perspective and deep thought. Website submission username, Tabor. Love you guys. Spotify username, Daddy Roo. Awesome stuff, man. Keep the truth flowing. Thank you all for sharing the show and leaving feedback. Without further ado, let's start the show. 
In the neon-soaked realms of 1981 Portland, Oregon, an unmarked arcade cabinet wasn't your average game. It was a spinner-powered pandemonium where high scores induced more palpitations than a caffeine enthusiast on rollerblades. Picture joystick acrobatics triggering seizures that would leave disco lights envious and memory lapses more widespread than a goldfish support group. But hold on tight, cue the men in black, the CIA and a sky saturated with MK ultra-winged secrets. Step into Polybius where your high score might unlock the door to an alternate reality. And playing was akin to subscribing to a mind-bending service with no escape button. Brace yourself for a flock of untamed tales as we unravel the game that made everyone question reality. One joystick wiggle at a time. On today's show, we explore Polybius, where the pixels are mysterious, the conspiracies are real, and your high score might just be the key to a parallel universe. We got a good one today, man. Shouts out for uh, you guys for giving me some messages, and I got this from an Instagram message. Palabius, legend, uh, is it really a conspiracy? Is it something the government has been plotting a game console that they hid in the 80s to mind control or find out some kind of information, maybe a portaling or maybe some kind of harborer of souls? In 1981, Portland, Oregon, rumors tied health issues to a mysterious unmarked arcade console this unmarked console became legend throughout the gaming community players experienced migraines heart attacks addiction seizures strokes amnesia even one claiming to uh want to unlive themselves I don't, I don't know if that exactly happened. That's some of the rumors. You have to mix some of this fact with rumors, and uh, that's what you'll find when you go down this Polybius rabbit hole. Because this was a mysteriously unmarked game that just popped up into arcades. And there's this specific one that was in Portland, Oregon. Now, some claim there was also... Men in Black that would come periodically to check out the arcade game, take notes of the people playing it, and uh, sometimes they would say like to fix it or just walk it around, observing the arcade, maybe getting some, not really fixing the arcade, but maybe going behind it and uh, getting the data that they've gotten from the game. So when you combine this urban legend, but with a lot of facts that like, it's hard to argue. Like people could argue. And, you know, I think that I'm one of the people that is always trying to find the middle or the most logical thing that could happen. And in this one, to me, it's really wide open because you can see it from both angles and it's hard to really tie it down because how could so many people experience this now in the 80s and the uh, early 90s the arcade scene was grungy and it did attract you know younger youths that were rebelling but it also would attract like pedophile type people uh human trafficking drug deals gangs drinking you know doing drugs 
it was this epicenters and like, you know, there was a lot of places like this in different areas. It could be arcades later, it could be roller skating rings and so, so on and so forth. And that doesn't mean every single person there was doing that, but it attracted that kind of element. So some people argue that there was no men in black. There was just, you know, like cops and, and detectives. But to me, I think many know the men in black and how mysterious they are. I think like you could tell the difference between a detective interrogating somebody and then people mysteriously kind of roaming around. And I mean, there's been plenty of talk about these men in black throughout the years. So that the, the fact that they're connected is very interesting to me and uh, something that gives it more credibility. And look at the area, Portland, Oregon. A lot of stuff that goes on in there. So this little rumor was like kind of localized and, and, and I think passed around to other arcades throughout the country. Like it's one of those like word of mouth telephone game type of deals or that's what I'm hearing from the people that knew of this. But it really caught internet notoriety in 98 when someone left a cryptid listing on coinop.org which is a digital museum that really uh, reflects on like, you know, old games and stuff like that and legends. And this is where Polybius was really born uh, the name because when they were saying it was an unmarked box, there was no console name. Polybius is a name that came out in 1998 and the game was supposedly copyrighted in 1981, but no legal claim to copyright found. Uh, the Cinus Lotion company that supposedly copyrighted this game in 1981. There is no record of it and nobody can find it. Now, that doesn't mean much when you're dealing with murky agencies, uh, you know, the alphabet uh, government and you're dealing with men in black. Th th those elements right there, of course, it wouldn't be on record. So I can understand that part of it and this Sinus Lotion company supposedly never existed. But the words Sinus and Slotion in Russian, now don't take my word for it. I'm going to be honest with everybody, man. I heard this on some videos. I don't know the translation, but supposedly the translation from German, uh, Sinus Lotion is deprivation. Like, so... And, and I might be butchering that, so like definitely fact check me on that one. But they were like comparing it to sleep deprivation. And there's just these weird connections. And then when they wrote this article or blog, or I'm not sure what you would consider this, a listing, they, they, they really laid out that Palabius was the same game of the urban legend from the un, unmarked. Uh, arcade console that people would play back in the days. And I think the name Polybius is interesting that they picked that name. What is the op, right? Like, so when they were playing these game that was unmarked, a lot of people compared it to like a lot of the games of the time of the eighties, you know, really like a shooter, a, a space shooter type of deal, triangle in the middle. Like some people claim to have screenshots. There's uh, different variations of how the game supposedly came about. 
but it's basically like a tri triangle in the middle. You're shooting things, a lot of uh, flashing lights, a lot of different shapes and things flying across the screen. So that does make sense if it's something like that for mind control and, and, and making people dizzy, epilepsy, uh, seizures, uh, uh, heart attacks, like all these things happen because of those graphics. I mean, we've seen plenty of the warnings. But when you have this 1998 listing, connecting that with that urban legend that's been passed around forever, for decades at that time, claiming to put a name on it. And the name is interesting because the name Palabius is also the name of a Greek philosopher that was born around 208 BC in Arcadia. <laughs> like, like that's wild you know what as a matter of fact raven what can you find about greek philosopher polybius the original polybius was an ancient greek philosopher born around 208 bc in megalopolis arcadia he is known for his affinity for cryptography and puzzles he created the polybius square as well as his belief that historians should strictly report what they can verify through hard evidence and by interviewing witnesses his name itself means many lives in greek Get it? Many lives. Arcadia. Cryptic puzzles. His famous skepticism. Okay, I see you try to crack a little jokes right there, Ravy. <laughs> but yeah, Arcadia uh, translates to many lives. Like, this is such a interesting turn of events to the name you picked. It seems intentional. And this Sinus Lotion Company may have not existed, but there's more to that. Enter Stephen Roach, who claimed to work for Cineslotion. Stephen Roach claimed March 2006 that he was a Palabius circuit board programmer. And 1978, Czech Republic incident program pool due to having seizures. So he claimed that he worked for the Cineslotion company and he was a circuit board programmer and that they finally pulled the game, the reason why, like, they put it out there. And it was for nefarious reasons. And he goes into further. He writes a whole blog. I think it was in March 2006. That's uh, what I have on my notes. <laughs> yeah, I think March 2006. He writes a blog post or post or blog, whatever we may call it. And he talks about him and his time working on Palabias at the company Sinus Lotion. And they pulled the game because of like seizures and, and and things that happened in the kids. Now, if you believe Steven Roach or not, I don't know. Like a lot of people say he's a pathological liar and that, that he might've just wrote this to kind of get in the mix. Okay, that's possible. And, and when you look into his past, you know, a lot of people are, you see he was already like, you know, criminal minded maybe. But I think it, I, I define it a little bit differently. Well. Not that it's not criminal, but they talk about Roach and his wife own this Morava Academy. It's a reform school. And we've talked about reform schools before. You know, Paris Hilton, when we did that episode, we talked about the reform schools where they put you in there. Sleep deprivation, um, torture, sexual abuse, sexual assault, human trafficking. We, we've talked about how these reform schools. So you kind of already know that. They were arrested in 1998 for violating human rights, human trafficking, and torture. And they also had a similar incident somewhere in uh, uh, Mexico. They did a similar scenario happened 
or they were kicked out of the country of Mexico for having one of these reform schools and treating the kids like that. So people argue that that's why he would be lying. But to me, it kind of gives it more credibility. Now, I don't know that the game being named Palabius is the truth. I don't know that this company existed. Like this, th- That part of it could be where like maybe it's false. But what I really have been like pushing for and digging down this Palabius is that like you could have easily had multiple arcade games and multiple arcades across the country that were taking data, that some were doing mind control, that they had, I'm sure they had plenty of different experiments. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's the part that I think some kind of go, oh, man, like, come on, man, that's crazy. Like, like they would do that. Like, what? Yes, they would do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and we don't know if Stephen Roach is telling the truth or not. We really don't. But him already being engaging in human rights and human trafficking and torture with children, it seems right up his alley. Because the MKUltra programs were similar. You know, there was a lot of torture. There was a lot of experimenting going on, the human trafficking, and definitely human rights being violated. So are they practicing these things or are they saved because they are a part of these institutions and their tools, like people like Epstein, that the, the biggest character that everybody knows about? But it is like someone like Stephen Roach, someone that's affiliated or an associate of these agencies, is that where... He's safe. You know, like the informants. Is that how we play the game? Because, you know, informants, they're allowed to sell drugs. They're allowed to do the same crimes. But they have somebody protecting them. Now, obviously, I'm generalizing, but you get the picture. So I'm just saying it's uh, he could be definitely be operative. And let's go over some of these side effects. Nausea, migraines, memory loss, reports of an inability to become sad, a player's quitting game, One turned into an anti-video game crusader. Some people, too, this is where it gets a little creepy, too. Some claims of game operating without coins or being unplugged and still running fine. That's where, like, people say it gets into the myth. But to me, man, like I said, like, when we get into the whole it being in Oregon, Portland, UFO sightings, Dogman, Bigfoot, um, a lot of paranormal things have arisen from that area so like it doesn't surprise me and th- th- there's more to it too because is this a mind control device by the cia or nsa or men in black we don't whatever we could label it as is it collecting data is it trying to find certain things but is it possible too that it could be something where they're training people to maybe fight in another war that is possible because some people believe that it was kind of going off some of these sci-fi tales of the time. And there's a movie called The Last Starfighter, which follows Alex, who's a skilled gamer recruited by some kind of defense force, like kind of defense minister or sergeant, or to come join, fight a real-life uh, a galaxy, uh, a defender of the galaxy. Like, they wanted to be a guardian of the galaxy. You know what I mean? That's what it seems like. In the movie, that's how it plays out. So, uh, actually, Raven, can you pull up that trailer for The Last Starfighter? Retrieving clip. Give me a moment. Right. 
Alex Rogan lives in a small trailer park in the California mountains. He has a dream to go to college. You guys think I'm going to hang out here, watch you shine your pickup? Forget it, man. I'm doing something with my life. Start a career. You really are leaving here, aren't you? Of course I'm going away. We're both going away. Both of us, Alex. And most of all, to get out. You get your chance. Important thing is when it comes, you got to grab it with both hands. Then, one night, a mysterious stranger offers Alex an opportunity he never dreamed of. Who are you? I'm Centauri, and you may... No, you must trust me implicitly. Get in. Nothing Alex Rogan has ever imagined could prepare him for what he is about to experience. <laughs> hey. Why was Alex chosen? And will he ever return? Where are we going? Trust me. Oh, you're gonna love it. Love it. Look out! Oh, dear. The last Starfighter. His adventure in space is about to begin. So, not just mind control, could it be? Something that's training us for some future endeavor. Not necessarily in space, because I know a lot of people think space is fake and gay. But it could be other kind of simulations or getting into these drone wars, right? There's plenty of possibilities. <laughs> Coin Kingdom Arcade was really where this thing was supposed to have unfolded, right? This whole Palabius legend or myth or real accounts but things that have been wrapped up all together and the owner was william king who owned coin kingdom there was a movie in 1983 called nightmares and one of the it was this movie that had like four different movies within a movie um i'm probably i i think it's called an anthology uh, if if i'm not correct i mean i was looking it up i think that's correct hopefully i found the right thing so four different movies in this movie, and one of them is called Bishop of Battles. And it's where Emilio Estevez, who is like the lead character, you know, it was 83, man, you know, Emilio, <laughs> he's at an arcade, you know, and when they show the arcade, there's like, you know, gangsters and stuff like that. He's kind of like getting into it, but he's like really into this one game where he has to reach a certain level and it's a level 13 which is, you know, all gematria and all the occultic people and numerology people understand that 13 has a lot of meaning behind it. So level 13, and then, you know, it goes with the movie. He finally does. The game kind of has like what looks to be like spirits that float out and it, and it sucks him into the game and he's trapped in the game. So that gave me some thought to like, hey, could this Palabius game be some kind of Harbor of Souls. You know, people are talking about it plays without coins. People talk about it plays when it's unplugged. It's quite possible. And then there was a kid that links up to this story as well. Played at Coin Kingdom Arcade in 1981. His name was Bobby Fieldstein. And he had a he was mysteriously gone, like kidnapped. Disappearance. Nobody knew anything. October 1981, Bobby disappears from his Portland, Oregon home. Claims to have played a mysterious game at Coin Kingdom earlier that day. Disturbing shift in his conscience while he was delusional into the game. He said as he was playing, he started having 
visuals and and kind of out of body experiences and and kind of nightmarish he said like flashing back and forth when he finally got home he had a sensation something was off he saw a mysterious figure he was paralyzed couldn't yell couldn't scream he blacks out wakes up and he's underground he's restrained stuck he's with another little boy who uh, Bobby explains uh, there's there's a podcast that I was listening to that actually actually let me pull that up for you guys I want you guys to check this out for sure Polybius podcast because I want you to get more of the details I mean I can't it's it's such a a, a, a diving podcast I think it, I, I mean a topic such a broad topic that people need more of this I think it's called the Polybius conspiracy if you put it in any of your podcasts it's a it's an interesting one they follow Bobby and they have a lot and you can judge for yourself because they have a lot of personal interviews with him and now they kind of go all the way and kind of make him look good at times kind of make him look bad at times um I think it's just more of us paying attention to what we think well even stranger not only was Bobby you know fell into this like weird state after playing the game and he had played it for a while and he was one of these lead players um in certain games i forgot what game specifically but he was like the leaderboard and he had like they were talking about how it's against gamer code i guess uh for lack of better words or a better term that he had all 10 places top 10 places in the on one game and that you know people maybe didn't like him as much so maybe he was more of a loner which would make sense why he would be targeted. And then he's playing this game and goes home, paralyzed by seeing a mysterious shadowy black figure, ends up underground, but a boy frees him and, and, and they're out. But crazier part is where he emerged from. He emerged 60 miles from Portland and he emerged from the Tillamook Forest. Tillamook, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing this. I think it's Tillamook Forest. That's wild. That forest is synonymous with UFOs, Bigfoot, Dogman, and missing children. <laughs> so to connect that he was just randomly 60 miles away, no one has been able to explain this. A lot of people don't believe Bobby's story. Say Bobby's full of shit. Bobby was a loner. Bobby was trying to get attention. And he left, but it is true that he was gone. And then how did this kid get 60 miles away and the Tillamook Forest. Again, where I said a lot of missing people go are a lot of missing children. Dogman, Bigfoot, UFOs. There's a, a, even a werewolf um, story over there. Like a lot of sightings in that specific area that he was at. So what was it? Right? Like, was it a government agency? Is it government implanting ideas in our brain and, and, Maybe did kidnap him, but put some of these thoughts in his brain. I don't know, but it is a crazy connection that he's going to go to this forest that has all these connections with wild paranormal things 60 miles away from his home as a kid. I think he was like 12, 13. No way, man. There's, there, there's some weird, weird connection definitely going on with that. <laughs> And so when you talk about the original article or blog post or just listing, whatever you want to uh, translate it, there's this uh, another poor pronunciation by Sean Chris. <laughs> Cat Despera 
And she's like a journalist, historian of games. Um, and she lived in Portland area and she claims, hey, I was at Coin Kingdom. I played. That was my arcade. They go, have you ever heard of Palabius? And again, I'm going to backtrack because I think when she's talking about Palabius and when she's talking about this 1998 listing, when you're talking about that part of the urban legend, but when you go back and we talk that, hey, this arcade game had no markings. So I think it would be safe to say that someone like Kat would easily be able to pass up on this arcade if it was there, this console, because you're a kid, you're playing a lot of stuff. There's no way you can remember all this stuff. But I will give her credit. She does have very knowledgeable on uh, video games and arcade lives and, and, and all that thing. And she's from that area. But she was on the BBC uh, documentary that was supposedly debunking Palabius. And I, how I do agree with some of her pushback and, and like the way she's going, I just don't agree that she's fully uh, knows the whole story. But she claims that it's a hoax because she looked into it. She did like do her due diligence, wrote some like Craigslisting, Craigslist listings, um, wrote some other inquiries to get people to uh, give her information. She asked like, hey, have you played this game? Do you have any screenshots of this game? Do you have any pictures? Does anybody have a console? Does anybody have a ROM? So on and so forth, because there was only like one or two like little screenshots floating around, one supposedly of uh, the play screen and one like where there's a console. Now there's like plenty of other ones. People say they're, you know, replicas, stuff like that. But again, originally it was an unmarked console. So I think it's safe to say that there's a possibility that there's these unmarked consoles. And since these stories are circulating around, why wouldn't they push somebody or give seats to somebody? They don't necessarily have to be co-opted, but maybe giving the idea to somebody to like, hey, man, why don't you write a little uh, fantasy about this, which is real telling the real story, but they add the names and Palabius and they add some of the other extras. But that's neither here nor there. But she claims that they're, that Kevin Manis wrote the Palabius pose from 1998. Who is Kevin Manis? Well, he's the guy behind the, the Buka box. Uh, well, they said it was a hoax, but I mean, there is some validity to it. So Kevin buys a vintage wine box on eBay from an 103-year-old Holocaust survivor in 2003. He experiences hauntings, nightmares, bruises, strange aromas and smells related to the Dubuka box. And then he sells the box on eBay himself, eventually landing in the possession of Jason Haxton. And Haxton also experiences a lot of paranormal activity, so he decides to bury the box in Missouri after enduring its wrath and appears on ghost adventures. He's described intense physical and psychological effects from the box. So we go to the origins of this Dubuka box. Kevin buys it from an estate sale in Oregon. It's, it's funny that it's also traced back with Oregon from a Holocaust survivor. When Haxton... Uh, kind of breaks into it. He discovers a goblet, hair locks, uh, a 20, and I think it's a 1920s penny, 
a dried rosebud, cast iron candlestick holder, and a granite statue with a Hebrew with Hebrew letters. That sounds like some alchemical shit. That sounds like somebody doing maybe some type of spell or some kind of enchantment or something of that luck. I mean, that's not my field of expertise. And then, you know, Haxon talked about he had bad luck and this horrible illness and he had to bury it. Instead of just destroying it, he decided to bury it. Now, some people labeled it as a hoax. Was it a hoax? You know, people didn't believe in it. This goes into the whole, do you believe in paranormal activity? But let's get a little bit further on what a Dubuka box is, right? Raven, can you pull up a definition of what a Dubuka box is? In Jewish folklore, a Dibu, also known as a Dibuk, is a disembodied human spirit haunted by past sins, condemned to wander aimlessly until it discovers refuge within the body of a living person. This belief was particularly widespread in 16th and 17th century Eastern Europe, where tales of these restless spirits captivated the imagination and fueled cultural narratives surrounding the supernatural. So they claim because this is supposedly a hoax that he also initiated the 1998 Polybius uh, legend and named it Polybius. And it, they said it was like his writing. I don't know, but I could see the correlation and he was on BBC documentary as well. He doesn't admit to it. Uh, he doesn't make to anything and he kind of doesn't say that he did or didn't do it. And I thought that was pretty strange too, because if you didn't do it, you'd just be like, man, I didn't do it. Or even if you did do it, like you would say something. He was more like, um, maybe it sounds like something I could have wrote written. So I think there's more to it. I do think he was introduced on purpose. This Dubuka box, which I'm probably not even saying right. You can hear Raven pronounce it much different than I did. But this box sounds like something very ancient. Sounds like alchemical spells and, and stuff attached to it. I think there's something to it. And maybe he is leaking out some truth. And then when you go to the Stephen Roach, maybe Stephen Roach is taking some truth. Because when you go to the podcast, the Polybius Conspiracy Podcast, which they do a pretty thorough job of investigating, they run into a reporter that allegedly has a tape that she got in 1981, and she thought it was maybe more of a hoax. And the tape tells them, like, hey, I work for this Sinuslosion company. And the same details that Bobby goes through, they go through. So... I think it's safe to say there is something to it. That's just my opinion. And it goes further down, you know, and then in 2017, there is a game called Polybius out there, and it's a shooter-up game. It's kind of paying homage to the 1981 arcade game or just throwing it in our face. Either or. You know what I mean? Either or is going on. That's one avenue to look at. Is it paranormal? Is this mysterious console something to do with an alchemical factor where it's trapping souls or it's a vessel where souls or entities could come from other dimensions or other realms or whatever that may be? That's very possible. And that's what kind of got me on the angle of Kevin Manis. And I thought it was important to bring up the, the alleged thing of the Dubuka box, because that has to do with a lot of paranormal things. But then there's also the MK Ultra conspiracy factor. Oh, CIA, I see you later. 
Could it be some kind of mind control? Could it be the CIA or intelligence agencies, uh, higher routes, men in black, trying to run data on us, find ways to control us? I mean, this is in the 80s. This is still going on. We hear, uh, oh, what's his name? Yuri or Yahari uh, Harari, the second-hand man from Klaus Schwab, is always talking about the way we control the public is through video games and drugs. Maybe some of this data started back then. But I thought it was pretty interesting, too, that the CIA trains their operatives with RPGs and tabletops. Uh, from an article from The Guardian, uh, here's a brief summary of it. It says, CIA unconventional training, incorporating card games and board games for problem-solving and intelligence training, premiered at the South by Southwest, featuring a game resembling Pandemic and Forced on collaborators with a law enforcement aim and methods focus on promoting collaborative skills rather than mere knowledge testing. CIA believes effective collaboration is essential for successful intelligent gathering, adapting to trends, aligning with border trends for using game and education, therapy, and training programs. CIA use of RPGs showcase a novel approach to skill development, limited access, games showcased at South by Southwest, but no plans for public release. Despite secrets, despite the secrecy, the CIA's game-based training provides a unique perspective on skill enhancement. So they use these games to recruit people. They use these games to test on knowledge. Why would they not use it against the American public? Why would they not use it to farm data? Seems like a very, not a huge leap to do that. They already have a bunch of CIA and FBI and all these servers, this, these discords uh, on Xbox Live. I've thought for a long time, a lot of these mass shooters not only being medicated with SSRIs that really push them to the limits, I think there's somebody in their ear. We've seen all these cases of domestic terrorism or terrorists being supplied by the FBI, being pushed to do a crime by the FBI. I mean, look at the Whitmer um, supposed kidnapping, the alleged kidnapping plot. And then it turns out they were all informants mainly. So it's something that they could definitely be using to manipulate the population, collect data, find ways to push us in boxes so they can have their transhumanist wet dream. But also the CIA made a board game and it's now playable. It's, you can play online. I think it's like a, an official board game. And the board game is called Pandemic, and it was released in 2008. As a matter of fact, let's get Raven's help on this one. Raven, what is Matt Leacock's 2008 game Pandemic about? Pandemic immerses players in a collaborative board game, casting them as crucial members of a disease control squad on a mission to thwart global outbreaks of four lethal viruses. Their objective unearth cures and rescue the world from the clutches of pandemics. Success demands strategic prowess, effective information sharing and resource management. This engaging and dynamic experience places a heavy emphasis on teamwork, challenging players to unite and unravel the mysteries of contagion to ensure humanity's survival. Uh... <laughs> even, even Raven was cut off by that, right? So this pandemic game came out in 2008. Same time when we get the paper from Cass Sunstein, cognitive infiltration. So this pandemic plot, when we hear about uh, Fauci and all that, these, these are things that are sowed into the public. 
The reason being showing and pointing out this game is how these games can change and shape the way people think. So this pandemic game is similar to the pandemic we had in 2020. The same way uh, they want it to go and you have to team up and it's like the WHO. And, and I think that is really what all this could be is testing grounds. So many testing grounds. So I really lean towards this Polybius urban legend or conspiracy, whatever someone may call it, being very truthful, at least a good 80% in my opinion. Now, is there some parts of the story that are wrong? Sure, I'm, I bet. Does Bobby got all the information? Was he accurate on what he was talking about? I don't know, but it wasn't explained how he got to that forest 60 miles away from his home. And that forest containing so many UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, uh, werewolf sightings, dogman sightings, missing children. Can't be a coincidence. We just don't know who took them there. Was it agencies? Was it entities? That's where, to me, the argument really should lie. Because something was involved, and I think it could be agencies and entities working together, experimenting. I mean, in that case, it could be anything. It's just very telling that no one's been able to explain how like a 13, 14-year-old teenager was able to just vanish and be 60 miles away from his home. Couldn't ride his bike all that way and then just pops up in the forest. No one's been able to explain that. And I think that's where we're going to have to leave it. You know, I'm going to have to say the Polybius. Uh, I give it a good 80 to 85% of probability. Got to check it all out. Well, that's all we got. You know, I appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys submitting some uh, things we should talk about. Go to killthemockingbirds.com contact section. Leave, leave a what's up. Uh, hey, how's it going? some feedback or maybe you have some things you want to talk about or you have some certain subjects that you think would be nice for me to break down or maybe you have a story maybe you have an interesting intricate story of the paranormal or a story about something going on with the working class you know we do news paranormal and conspiracies so anything of that topic please feel free to drop a line either at killthemockingbirds.com or kill the mockingbirds podcast on instagram or Go to kill the mockingbirds at gmail and drop a line don't forget to leave a five-star review we appreciate all those five-star reviews keep them rolling in love y'all you know how we do it we're gonna roll out again with my song with my homeboy king mega oh nothing be happy wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up keep those butt cheeks tight bird killers bird killers Fuck a gun.
shells, full metal jacket, Gomer Pow gun to head, brains blast, another dead bastard in a closed cast, exposed to the state, Hassan has, fuck your army and navy, nothing can save thee, murder was the case, they gave me Stephen Avery, APB with the 18, you pity the fool, no wonder why you hate me, microchips implanted a wrist, a quick flick and assist, public transportation, Uber or Lyft, QR code denied, Jedi mind tricks, artistic violence by design. Your own nothing, nothing, be happy. Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide. Your own nothing, and be happy. Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide. Your own nothing, and be happy. Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide. Your own nothing, and be happy. Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide. Look in the mirror what the man say. Silence, not a damn thing, another campaign. Hopes and dreams pop up. Rule change, twin towers fall, who hangs, Hussein, roll switch, softball, slow pitch, poor bitch, apartment full of roaches, who's the father, paternity test, Lava Mori Povich, fear and loathing, roller coasting, locomotion, it's so atrocious, building six exploding, eviction notice and debt, AK-47, respect, your own nothing, nothing, be happy, mass surveillance, nowhere to hide, your own nothing, and be happy, mass surveillance, nowhere to hide, Manipulate the human population with propaganda. It's time for the working class to unite, get strapped up and locked and loaded. We ain't giving a fuck about body trumping on these bitch ass motherfuckers. It's the state against the people, not me versus you. Locked and loaded.